Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Just a couple of royal reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. You can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode every Thursday and leave us a royal rating if you're so inclined. Also send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. Or you could just send Roberta a happy birthday email because it is her birthday the day that this episode goes live. (laughs) Happy early birthday, Roberta. Thank you, Rachel. Well, Rachel's birthday was earlier this month and we didn't get to shout you out. So it just makes so much sense. It's both a happy birthday. It makes so much sense that we're both Virgos. Like, it's like we met. Wait, I'm a Libra. You know that Libra Libra season started yesterday. Gosh, I am like, okay, well, Libras and Virgos must be like, in sync. <laughs> I have my moon in Virgo. I don't know what that means. Oh, that's but right. We had a really cool astrology reading on Friday through work, I which was it. really cool. I loved right? it. I, loved so it. I learned so much. It really made me stressed out, though, because someone's wedding that I am going to is on the day that she said would be like the climax of like Mars in retrograde or no. something. Oh, my gosh. I yeah, jotted so down those like dates. Really I was intense. like, oh, I'm putting them in my calendar. But um, what are you yeah, doing to celebrate your good. birthday? So we're going to dinner tonight um, outside at a seafood place, which I'm really excited. I'm ordering a martini with olives, channeling Meghan Markle, except not really. Yeah, we're going to get into Uh, that. (laughs) But also, this is our 25th episode. I know. I can't believe it. And I also can't believe it's, well, that it's 25th, but also that we're still not recording together. I just... Didn't you really think, like, I remember being in Maine when we first did our first episode, and I really thought that we would be back together by then. Like, in person. Like, come fall, I thought we would all, yeah, we would be back. So it's it's really wild. And the U.S. just passed a horrible milestone of 200,000 COVID deaths. It's so, so crazy it's how this year has gone. staggering, staggering and growing by the day, that number. Um, but on a lighter note, we have a lot of exciting royal news coming up that we can't wait to discuss. Uh, the Sussexes Time 100 appearance, which Roberta and I stayed up super late to watch. If you can't tell, my voice is groggy from just waking up. So there you go. Well, can I add that my son Finn decided last night, I stayed up so late, he also woke up at 2.30 for some weird reason. No. It was just up. So my husband and I traded off, but it was not a quality night's sleep. <laughs> it was oh, no. Difficult. Well, you look great. You oh, look thanks. like well-rested. So it's the Zoom lighting, you know. <laughs> Uh, But we're talking about that appearance. We have Kate's Tatler win, which I can't wait to talk about because we were very, we went back and forth a lot on that this summer. Yeah. Megan's ongoing legal drama and how it connects to finding freedom, devastating, um, and so much more. So, but without further ado, the Royal Refreshment. And now it's time for the Weekly Royal Cocktail. Yes, so we always make time for a royal refreshment, but this week it's iced coffee for me. I need it. <laughs> I'm even just taking water because I'm so like dehydrated and tired. That's fine. Cheers with our iced coffee and water. Yeah, really exciting stuff this morning. But yeah. like it's 9.30. We had to change our recording date because of the Time 100 Gala. So we could, or not Gala, but Time 100 events. We could get it in the Event, episode. yeah, TV yeah. event. Yeah, I, I feel like I also can't drink right now because I know that I'll be drinking so much. <laughs> it's your birthday. You're going to be going hard. You got it. Because <laughs> we're doing, so Dave and I are doing dinner tonight, then with his family tomorrow night, and then we're going to the Poconos this weekend. We rent an <gasps> so Airbnb. Fun. 
So I feel like I need to kind of just drink iced coffee. Roberta, I also have to just say that I think this is the first birthday we've spent apart in like five years because it's usually on our company offsite day. I know. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I feel like I've always been in person with you. So I'm happy to see you via Zoom. I mean, I know your birthday is tomorrow, but I'm recording a day early, but it's weird for me. (laughs) Thank you so much for (laughs) making this episode about my birthday. (laughs) Of course. Um, So instead of a reader email this week, we're shouting out a reader DM from Leslie, who has a really cool opportunity for you, Roros. So Leslie works for a TV company called Fine Stripe Productions, and they're putting together a documentary for ITV commemorating the marriage of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. It's called When Will and Kate Got Married, and it will celebrate the momentous day. It airs next spring to coincide with the couple's 10th wedding anniversary. Can you believe it's been 10 years? I'm in denial completely wild. Uh, The tone of the film will be warm and nostalgic, letting people who are directly involved in the event in some way tell their personal stories. So here is where you Roros get involved. Leslie is looking for home video or phone footage from people who are in the crowds and perhaps capture something special or funny or unusual. I First of all, I'm so jealous if you were there. Um, But any of you guys were in London for Will and Kate's wedding and have anything that you could share, contact Leslie at Leslie at finestripe.com. That's L-E-S-L-E-Y at finestripe.com. You can also email us, I guess, if you have questions about it. We can put you in touch. Yeah, you could could send it to info at gallerypodcast.com and we can forward it on. Um, Too bad they don't want watch party. You were at a watch party, weren't you? I do, but I I feel like I didn't. I'm like, did I even have an iPhone back then? Like, I'm sort of wondering if I did Uh, because I don't think I have any video. I don't remember. I definitely have photos. I know that like. Megan Markle was active on the TIG in those years. So yeah. I bet you did have. Yeah, that's true. But um, but I think that this is such a cool opportunity. I love the idea of, of the Roros connecting with ITV for this. I do have a really funny story that I wanted to tell you in relation to William and Kate's um, wedding because the one memento I do have from my own watch party is a Kate and William commemorative shot glass that I have held <laughs> on to since 2011. And this weekend I was packing because uh, of just COVID relocations, the ongoing saga. And yeah. I was just, I don't even know how it happened, Roberta, but I accidentally bumped the shot glass and it shattered into a no. million pieces and I, it, it's so absurd because it's just a shot glass like I'm not using it for anything at all oh but it my crushed God, my so soul sad. like I was just like of all the things to break like there were other because it was things. your one memento that was my said, one memento. did it have a picture it of them had a picture it? of them and I scoured eBay and there's nothing like it was actually like one of a kind is how I'm can you myself. super glue it back together oh is no that, like, it too... was like the oh, most breakable no. glass like it was like smithereen so oh my gosh I'm so sorry no, it's just a That's memory so I'm letting it go I'm just gonna thank it for the presence it had in my life in a Marie Kondo right way. exactly exactly <laughs> we'll find another one I'm gonna scour eBay too okay I'm pretty good at that I'll thank find you. one thank you it means a lot <laughs> um all right well this week in royal history now, this week in royal history. One year ago this week, on September 26th, Princess Beatrice and Edo Mapelli Mazi got engaged. I can't believe it's been a year. It's been quite the year. <laughs> I just want to say it feels like a decade now. I know. I mean, I can't imagine for them looking back on that 
what they've been through this year, like between her dad, I mean, the pandemic, they're multiple times postponing their wedding. It's just kind of insane. But um, anyways, the news of their engagement, looking back, came via the royal family's website and social media accounts. And the couple released a statement at the time saying, we are both so excited to be embarking on this life adventure together. We share so many similar interests and values, and we know that this will stand us in great stead for the years ahead, full of love and happiness. Edo, as we That's know really from sweet. yeah, it's a nice statement. Um, Edo proposed in Italy and designed the ring himself in collaboration with British jewelry designer Sean Lean. I'm not totally sure. I think it's Sean Lean. Lean. Okay. Um, Edo, who's also on Instagram, shared at the time, "You will never be alone, my love. My heart is your home, hand in hand, today, tomorrow, and forever." With a ring emoji, and I just kind of love. He's kind of a poet. He's super <laughs> sappy, and like I do love it. I'm not saying that in a bad way, but like he really is dramatic. Yeah, in he's all dramatic. Of his captions. It's funny though. And remember, they read the E.E. <laughs> e. Cummings poem at the wedding. So I just feel like it's yeah. There's oh yeah, like a poetry about about. Their he's court. really. He's really He's a romantic, romantic heart. Yeah. yeah. Jinx. Love that. What's his horoscope? <laughs> I know. Let's look that up. Um, her sister, so B's sister Eugenie also broke the news on Instagram because B is not on Instagram actually, except via a private account, which was detected a couple years ago at B York, um, but it's private. Um, Eugenie said, BB, wow, I'm so happy for my dearest big sissy and dear Edo. It's been a long time coming and you two are meant to be photo by me, which I think is so sweet because <laughs> as you'll recall, the engagement photos of them, um, B's own sister Eugenie took those pics, which is so sweet and in intimate. Italy. So yeah, and she must have been there with I would assume Jack Brooksbank, just like as yeah. a couples thing, and then it was like their engagement. So that was really sweet that they did that. It's pretty awesome. So the, yeah, the pair had been dating for just a couple of years, but they had known each other for most of their lives. So I just wanted to ask you though, do you feel like it's too soon to already reminisce about their wedding? <laughs> No, because it's felt like a literal lifetime between then and now. I know. I just it think, really like, feels so like decades ago already. So much has happened. Yeah. I do kind of find it crazy now looking back how like their wedding got postponed. So that means it would have been way earlier this year. I don't I don't remember their exact first wedding date sometime in May, maybe. Yeah. But that's a pretty quick engagement. And they'd only been dating a couple years. Don't haven't we done this? At least I feel like I've researched this in the past that I think most of the royals are only engaged for about six months. Like wasn't November was Harry and Meghan, right? And then they got married that's in true. May. Kate and William, I'd have to check, but I'm pretty sure it was around six months. And I think it goes back to our original argument from way back then that they don't have to worry about a venue. <laughs> Oh, yes, that's because right. That's we right. Always, we talked about this. Like, I You're think right. that that's the delay for a lot of real life brides. That and they have like Finances. 30 wedding planners. Yeah. <laughs> they have all the resources like at their yeah. fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. And also like with Megan and Harry, like they were engaged a couple months before and didn't tell anyone like they could have had a longer engagement. And we just don't know. Yeah. Like, it's just when it when it's announced, it's like six months. And that's probably to just kind of like. That's true. You know scale back how much media coverage there is of it. Yeah. I mean, they expect it, but they don't want that much coverage for a year. That's just yeah. like too, it's too true. much invasion of privacy. But I still feel like Bee's wedding was just such a fairy tale. It really, for me, was like that dress and the secret garden. And I love that it was just about 20 people. I think that that's still so cool. So just a year ago. And to see, like for everyone to see a micro wedding at such a, you know, on such a public scale for the royal family to pull off such an intimate wedding I think is is like a true sign of the times but also kind of like inspiring for people like you don't have to have a 200 person wedding you can have this gorgeous wedding like even royalty does it you know what I mean that kind of feeling of like 
I felt inspired. Like I would want an intimate wedding like that mm-hmm. now that I've seen how beautiful it can be and how, you know, almost, I don't know, even more meaningful and yeah with your family just your family it's really sweet it is and it's totally trendsetting as you said I do still wish that we I mean we would have been if it wasn't for COVID we would have had the whole pomp and circumstance and possibly Harry and Megan and William and Kate and all of them together so still not over that that's true anyways pictures of every everyone yeah all right well our first so we mentioned this earlier but the Sussexes were on the Time 100 TV special we're going to play a quick clip from that Now, we're just six weeks out from Election Day, and today is National Voter Registration Day. Every four years, we are told the same thing, that this is the most important election of our lifetime. But this one is. When we vote, our values are put into action and our voices are heard. Your voice is a reminder that you matter, because you do, and you deserve to be heard. This election, I'm not going to be able to vote here in the U.S., But many of you may not know that I haven't been able to vote in the UK my entire life. As we approach this November, it's vital that we reject hate speech, misinformation and online negativity. Uh, I just I so enjoy just seeing them together and on TV. This is their first joint TV appearance since uh, they relocated to the US. And so I think that that was really um, exciting. I waited up till 10 p.m. and watched the whole thing till 11 last night and was so, so excited for their tiny little one minute, you know, speech. And it was it was also so good. It was about voting and voter registration day and, on National and Voter just, Registration Day, which was so perfect. Yeah. yeah. And the way that I feel like they, you know, spoke to some of the issues surrounding this election is really, I don't know, it just I always feel like they speak with such um, eloquence and they are very, you know, inspiring to listen to. Um, but I do want to mention that the promo video from Time 100 that they aired on ABC was quietly edited. This to is say fascinating Duke, to me. Duke yeah. and Duchess of Sussex instead of just Harry and Meghan, which it said before. So, like, I wonder if their PR team intervened and was like, no, 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 not just Harry and Meghan. They are still the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Like, we will refer to them as such. It kind of blew up. Like, I mean, everyone was covering yeah. that like, oh, my gosh, they're just Harry and Meghan. So I feel like they must have been like, we got to we got to pivot it. We're still the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Yeah, that was that's crazy. Rewatching it was like such a difference. Yeah, it's interesting to also see. So that reaction makes me think their team got involved. And that uh, their Netflix shows, they'll definitely be branded as Duke and Duchess of Sussex yeah. going forward. Um, I also just really liked, I was just going to say, the the nugget about Harry not voting. Like, I actually, I, kn- I knew that, I guess, because the royal family's not allowed to be political. But I thought that that was a really cool, just hearing him explain that, I loved mm-hmm. that access. I liked that it was like, we're hearing that information from him. It was very, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a cool I agree. No, no, no. I totally update. feel you. Yeah, definitely. I also love that Pula made another appearance. Yes. Their dog, their black lab, like ran out of the bushes and was like running around behind them, wagging her tail. And like, it's obvious that she sees like her owners sitting on the bench and like her tail starts wagging furiously. And she's like, oh my gosh. And then like runs around behind them for a while. It was so cute. Do you think that is? I think there's been a lot of talk about how the queen does that with her corgis. As like a PR thing, you mean? Like well, no, like it is a way to make people feel more comfortable. And I feel like it oh, automatically yeah, totally. makes me feel more comfortable. Like when I see a dog run through the video, I'm like, oh, they, I mean, not to go this way, but they are just Harry and Megan. You know, they're right. so relaxed and chill. Like I actually so think relatable. it's a great a great idea. 
you should have your dog run through the background of all of these recordings. <laughs> I'd feel so much more relaxed. Oh, I'm, I'm already so relatable. You don't need that. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm like chugging iced coffee right I'm now. I'm sitting on no, the but floor. I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like Diana taking the kids to McDonald's or theme yeah. parks. Like it's, it shows that they're, you know, just normal people. And also these things are so planned. We already know that. So like, there's no way that if they didn't want the dog appearing, they, they would have her in the house or mm-hmm. they would, you know what I mean? Like there's just no way. So yeah. definitely on purpose. Um, I love this part that the bench they're sitting on, it kind of echoes Prince Charles's 70th birthday portraits, which I thought was like, that's such a good revelation, Roberta. Like I didn't even think of that. But also because it's just them now on the bench and we heard, and who knows now with finding freedom, what to take with you know, grain of salt, creative license we'll get into or whatever. That but yeah. <laughs> we heard that, yeah, we heard, we're getting into that. But we heard that that was kind of a nightmarish day to get everyone together. And it was it was not smooth at all. And I just feel like now that no one else is there and it's just them, they're really like embracing everything and loving life. And I thought that was so um, kind of symbolic of that. I also love they were introduced in the special as alumni because they were both on the Time 100 list in 2018. Priyanka nominated Megan and Elton John nominated Harry at the same time. Crazy. Um, but alumni makes me think that they're like college graduates, which, which yeah. is cute. Um, and then also just like, I have to talk about the fashion. Megan's hair looks so, so good. It's like, you know, kind of curly but we haven't seen it this way before it's not wavy it's like very curly um and her outfit her shirt is victoria beckham the black pants are probably alexander wang which is from her black suit that she wore once her shoes are manolo's i love that they coordinated because his shoes match her shirt and it's like this burnt orange color that's very fall uh very subtle coordination and harry is pre-haircut we know that he did (laughs) in fact get a haircut later on because of the video he recorded for uh the trail walkers charity so i i do think that that was just lovely to see them yeah they look fantastic they look incredible i loved it and one more thing about megan so she also released a statement following the death of ruth bader ginsburg supreme court justice ruth bader ginsburg died at age 87 last friday such a blow. Awful. I feel like I know. I feel like I was on my way out on Friday night and when I saw that news, it just was like, I just can't go on. <laughs> I know. I was at uh my boyfriend's family's Rosh Hashanah dinner and Mm -hmm. we got the news and I was just like devastated. She passed away following complications due to metastatic pancreas cancer. Uh, But Megan's statement was really, really nice. It said, with an incomparable and indelible legacy, Ruth Bader Ginsburg will forever be known as a woman of brilliance, a justice of courage, and a human of deep conviction. She has been a true inspiration to me since I was a girl. Honor her, remember her, act for her. Um, the statement I thought was interesting, though, they obviously we don't know how they're going to start releasing things unless they have their own social media. Um, so it was just shared to ET Canada and and people were looking to see what the link was for that. Yeah. I just think that probably ET Canada reached out to the, her and asked for a statement. Um, and because she has such a love for Canada, I think that, yeah, you know, maybe that's why she decided that? to. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, I just think it's very comfortable to hear Megan release statements like this. It feels like she's able to talk about the issues she wants without yeah. having to go through a lot of obstacles and, and get approval from a lot of different people. And it's also very diplomatic. It's it's kind of a. You know, it's like you get a statement like that from Barack Obama or from, you know, these big figureheads and that we've 
been so familiar with. But now hearing from Megan in this capacity, I wonder if she'll keep doing that going forward. Yeah. You know, public statements for major events in the U.S. It's kind yeah. of unprecedented. I know. I feel like being like not being a part of the firm, it does allow her to be so much more nimble with those kinds of reactions. But I also I just want them to get an Instagram account already. Like they are doing so much. They have a Netflix deal. They like have do they're zooming all the time. But like Let's yeah. just set up the Instagram account. That should be quick. I know. Like, can, <laughs> can we just get a constant feed? Of- <laughs> I know. It, it just makes things easier because I'm like hunting the internet for where this came from, you know, where know. it started. So. I know. And I think that it would be faster for them. But just our yes. two cents. <laughs> just do it for us yeah. so that we don't have to do so much work. Yeah. And get to the bottom of why you're talking to right. different sources. It is interesting, though. I do like kind of it how is. they're amplifying yeah. different different media sources and things like that. Yeah. Anyways, um, moving on, this was really interesting to me. But if you'll remember, Roberta, the Tatler story from the summer, which we went back and forth a ton about. It was called Catherine the Great. Mm -hmm. And it was the one that Kensington Palace was pretty, pretty PO'd about. Uh, They even issued a statement, which is incredibly rare when the piece came out, saying that it, quote, contains a swath of inaccuracies and false misrepresentations, which were not put to Kensington Palace prior to publication. So the interesting part is if you didn't read it over the summer, you're now only getting an edited version online, although most people, it's all been screenshotted and the, you know, you can compare contrast um, in your spare time. But I feel grateful for people who screenshot these things people now. People are like, quick I, I have a it. newfound respect for people who like are keeping track of all of the, you know, the changes and the history of certain articles and stuff. They're yeah. like real sleuths out there. Also like the wherewithal to be like, I guess that makes sense. I mean, that article in particular was so controversial and there were, you know, as soon as the le- the legal team got involved, it makes sense, I guess, to save the original. And if you have yeah. the print edition, you have the original. Um, right. But the Cambridges took legal action, as we talked about, and demanded that the story remove any false claims. And now they have been removed. The parts about Carol Middleton being a terrible snob Pippa Middleton being too regal and try hard, Kate being perilously thin, and other details like the fact that Kate had a Prince William poster on her walls, those have all been taken out. Those are all, and there's a note saying at the end saying that you're now reading this version has been edited. Well, also the uh, the part that I thought was interesting that was taken out was that it said, the quote was, Kate is furious about the larger workload. Of course mm-hmm. she's smiling and dressing appropriately, but she doesn't want this. She feels exhausted and trapped. She's working as hard as the top CEO who has to be wheeled out all the time without the benefits of boundaries and plenty of holidays. That part was pretty scathing. And I think, I, I don't know, it, just thinking about this and talking to you now about it, it's interesting that because of all the screenshots, people know what these like just because they removed it doesn't mean it's going away that's how the internet yeah. that's the nature of the internet these days so it's, it's kind of interesting ink, that as they, they say yeah yeah they're just making a point i think to these publications well and i just remember i think i read that like 15 times because i was just so conflicted about it but it really did it like built her up and knocked her down and i think that it's it's interesting that they were able to win but i think that that is because you know Richard Denon, the editor-in-chief, was adamant that they weren't making any changes, you know, that it was they stood behind the reporting of Anna Pasternak and they were leaving the story as is. Um, So anyways, um, I think that it's just interesting because it sounds like an inside source now is saying that the relationship with the palace was so important that Tatler Tatler had to bend like they which. I mean, I went to a press luncheon when the queen turned 90. I think I've mentioned this to you. And it was Mm -hmm. with all members of the British media in New York. And they all talked about kind of this like handshake agreement as we've all come to know in the, you know, as Harry and Meghan Mm -hmm. have exited and stuff like that. But, you know, the importance of maintaining that relationship. So it's interesting to me 
that they did finally cave and make those edits. Yeah, especially because I think Tatler publishes stuff like this all the time. It's not new to them, but mm-hmm. this particular story really got under Kensington Palace's skin. But also that the certain passages that still remain that they yeah. didn't remove, which is all the stuff about Kate and Megan, like having the argument, the bridesmaid dress fitting because the kids, she didn't want them to wear pantyhose or tights yeah. or whatever it was. Um, yeah, just it's. And that they, I think it was that Megan and Kate were feuding that part still in there. And that has actually been like vehemently denied on both sides. And what is still Kensington Palace didn't feel like they needed to remove that. So really interesting to see, you know, it's not, it's not what's, you know, taken out. It's what's left in that speaks a lot. Yeah, I know because they were able to, it seems, you know, kind of go through with a, with a red pen and fix some different things. So I don't know. They I left a lot in. Left yeah, a lot in. So read between the lines. <laughs> the digital digital lines. Uh, but, you know, on par with the above, changing the subject over to Megan, um, you know, it. I still think it's so fascinating how much Kensington Palace denied the Tatler piece and had issues with it, but they really never came out in support of Megan and Harry. I, I, My question for you, Roberta, about that, though, is like Kensington Palace, you know, they, Harry and Megan split off from Kensington Palace. Would it have been Harry and Megan that had to make their sta- same um, – like Buckingham Palace would have intervened. Well, I guess I guess it's more just a show of unity that they never stood up and came to the defense. Like all the houses should have come together and supported Harry and Meghan, and they yeah, didn't. And so they, I feel they, like, and they never did. Yeah. But this was one single story about Kate, and they have had stuff in the about Kate in the past that they really kind of immediately they're. Yeah, no, I, I, we talked about this a lot when we talked about the Tyler article at first, and I thought it was interesting because it's like. Do we know if because of Meghan and Harry leaving, if Kate and William really, you know, took their communications team and said, listen, like we are going to not let any of these inaccurate reports, you know, fester or come up anymore because we've seen the harm they can do. Mm -hmm. Is it that that happened afterwards and now they're taking some serious stance against um, inaccurate reporting or is it that. They Kensington Palace just never wanted to stand up for the two of them, and and it's also to me I think back too to like the heir and the spare, like yeah. because he's not the heir, and I don't know, I don't know, I th- I think that that could be a dynamic that plays into all of this, but we don't know if after Harry and Meghan left, if it was this bombshell that left them being like we have to treat the press, we we can't let this go on, you know, the relationship yeah. with the press has to change, and we're gonna go. You know, we're going to put our foot down for a lot of these things. But yeah, it's really hard to understand. But it leads us to this update that on Megan's lawsuit against the Mail on Sunday. So as a reminder for anyone unfamiliar that Megan is suing the Mail on Sunday for publishing a letter she sent her dad, Thomas Markle, about his choice to collaborate with the paparazzi. So the big update is that finding freedom has been brought into the proceedings. And Megan and Omid have been forced to deny any collaboration with, with you know, Megan never yeah. gave interviews. So a hearing at the High Court in London this week had the mail on Sunday asking to amend their defense, given what they claim to be Megan's cooperation with the book. And it's specifically in reference to the her ver- the version of events in the book that are mentioned pertaining to the letter to her dad. But in addition to that, Megan's lawyer went line by line to refute a ton of statements from the book because they're trying to say that they had no part in this. And they want to prove that. So the the lines that have been refuted on top of this are details about their first date drinks, the martini. I guess that's not true. Details about the or the bath time FaceTime pre-wedding with a friend, the contents of their text messages. I'm thinking the ghost emoji, the fact that Megan went through security training. It sounds like they didn't or she didn't. Uh, Their 2016 holiday to Botswana and the safari they've never been on. 
Uh, when Harry and I mean, there's just so many I could go on and on. It says that creative license was taken and much in the book is incorrect. So, Roberta, what what are you thinking? I mean, I I feel a little punked. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I like <laughs> I feel like this. It's just a reminder that, you know, Omid said this all along. He yeah. said, you know, we, we never had interviews with them. We didn't have on or off the record interviews with them. But it was always, and we talked about this a lot extensively on this podcast, that it was always sort of implied that, like, they had connected the authors to people they knew in some way in order to tell their story. Yeah. And that just seems to be now is just out the window, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion, too, is that, you know, this helps their legal case to pick apart the the inaccuracies, um, which they say are, you know, creative license or whatever. And I totally get that. I also think like, you know, a lot of this stuff was widely reported on and that's where Omen and Carolyn got their facts. Mm-hmm. And it's things as little as like the martini and the text after their first date. But it's also big things like did Megan and Harry go to L.A. before moving there? No, they've never mm-hmm. been there together. That that was a big thing in the book was that he first met Doria in L.A. in their temporary L.A. digs. It's like so if that's the case and it's it's actually like so far off base from the truth of mm-hmm. it, then who who were they talking to? They were supposed to be co- corroborated by hundreds of so- uh, hundred sources. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I just think it's really interesting. And now I'm, I'm kind of just trying to rewire my brain to <laughs> – I know. not think that that book is just like the end all be all. Obviously, I didn't think that from the first reading, but. And when we read it, we knew that it was like a romanticized take. And it, we all, when we had that, you know, kind of round table, we talked about how it, you know, read a lot like a fairy tale and it filled in those gaps, but, but without official interviews. And I mean, these are legal statements, so they're truthful. They have to be truthful. But it is interesting, you know, a couple sources and, you know, right in the book, it's, you know, the authors know Alta says they spoke to Harry and Meghan when appropriate. But I feel like that's referencing their role in the press corps. Um, But yeah, no interviews. And so to have the line by line details, I just feel like, yeah, it kind of blows my mind. Yeah. And her statement is pretty is pretty harsh too from her legal team. It said, quote, Megan and her husband did not collaborate with the authors on the book, nor were they interviewed for it, nor did they provide photographs to the authors. Neither the claimant nor her husband spoke to the authors for the purposes of the book. So really, I don't know. Yeah. I, and even Omen had to submit a witness statement about it and say, like, I didn't talk to them at all. I'd love to hear from Roros. If you guys, if there's ever an opportunity to email us, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this because it is kind of, you know, it feels... It's making my head spin, I guess. I'd love to talk about I, it. I'm glad they didn't refute the reception details. Yeah. I'm like still clinging to that as fact. I'm like, they did have special drinks that were, <laughs> they did have tables named after herbs. Like, I know it's so crazy. I like really want a lot of it to be true. And now yeah. it's telling me it's not. So yeah, but they also, we also <sighs> did find out that the mail on Sunday could call Thomas Markle to the stand as part of the trial. And Megan hasn't spoken to him in two years. And we also learned that the trial is tentatively scheduled to start on January 11th. And last ten days, and is set to cost Meghan and Harry one point eight million. That is an insane amount, but it's it's obvious she's not backing down. I think there were a couple of reports that said like she is. Sources close to her said that there's no way she would give this case up. She's you know come this far, and yep. and it feels you know very strongly about this private letter and wants to you know. And I support win her on case. that. I feel like it's like a principle oh gosh, thing yeah. at this point. Like you totally. gotta yeah stay your stay the 
course. But how how like heartbreaking and devastating to see her father after two years of not speaking mm-hmm. with him on yeah. a witness stand. I know. I just think that's that's gonna be such a, a rough time. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we are moving on to Prince Harry and the Trail Walkers video. So we'll play a quick clip from Prince Harry's chat with them. With COVID-19, the world is being pitted against a new challenge, one that is devastating and destructive in its own right. And I am heartened to see that once again, the Nepalese spirit is unwavering. In Afghanistan, I was honored to serve alongside the Royal Gurkha Rifles. These soldiers showed me what they believe in. They showed me what their values are. Zoom professional right there. He's so (laughs) well-spoken. For real, but I'm going to be super... Super superficial, if you will, about this because he has a new haircut and I noticed and the world noticed. And I sometimes forget how fine Prince Harry is and I mean, he really, you know, sets my heart aflutter <laughs> because I think I'm distracted by James Middleton and he is like so active on Instagram and has is, is just been, you know, thirst I mean, trapping on I Instagram. I still think James Middleton is like my – I think it's like James Middleton and Harry. I mean – I get it. I totally support you. And the haircut. It used it's to everything. be William, though, before. Well, for me, it's always been William. Yeah. For it's me, always, it's always been, been William. But the balding, does that not? <laughs> I mean, okay. I think Sorry. for me, it doesn't, <laughs> even, it doesn't phase me. But I feel like as we're talking about Prince Harry's hair, his hair is good. Harry's hair is It looks really good. It looks like it's like grown in. Is he using, I don't know, some kind of treatment or something? It looks it's great. It's just Santa Barbara. Uh, Cali, it's the California yeah, air. Yeah, Cali glow up. Megan has had super long hair. Harry's haircut's looking fresh. I feel like it yeah. just was amazing. Okay, back to what the back substance to the cause. is. Yeah. He recorded this message for participants in this year's Trailwalker Relay, which is 62 miles, an event that raises money to help end poverty around the world in support of Oxfam and the Gurkha Welfare Trust. He specifically called out his own special connection to the Gurkhas in Nepal and recounted his 2015 visit there when he after a devastating earthquake that occurred. Um, I personally just love hearing Harry and seeing Harry um, and also this, you know. He looks good. Yeah, he looks great. This cause is so <laughs> special to him too. We have to remember that. Um, and one of the photos that I was reminded of was, I think it was Chris Jackson's photo of Harry in Nepal. It was such a such a moving picture and I feel like his emotional attachment to that place in particular is unmatched by any except maybe Botswana in Africa. So yeah, just totally love that he gets to talk about these places that he has such a deep personal connection to as well. And then also um, Kate Middleton had an event yesterday. Duchess Kate paid both an in-person and virtual visit to parents who have been involved in family support groups during COVID. I love that this was a mix, a hybrid, in-person, virtual. I wonder if that's how it's going to be going forward. I felt like that was a very safe balance. I approve. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the virtual was before, and it, it uh, was in the morning, and she got on a video call, and then she went to Battersea Park and talked to parents in the park. And so it was very social distance. She stayed, you know, pretty much six feet apart. Yeah, she could have worn a mask. We're always she, all about the mask. That's but true. they are she outside wear a mask. and their numbers are down. So she she did wear pink pants though, which was a rewear Marks and Spencer. Um very wonderfully tailored. She also wore layered gold necklaces, which I don't think we've ever seen her in a layered gold necklace. It was very trendy. So modern. Yeah. She looked it really was. cool. I was gonna say talking about appearances, I thought Kate looked incredible yesterday. I'm gonna call this peak Kate Middleton style revolution because I think that she really is kind of changing it up a little bit and becoming more trendy in a lot of ways. The gold necklaces, though, I have to point this out, had uh, G, C, and L on each little 
uh, circle, the gold circles had their letters for George, Charlotte, and Louis. So I, I thought love it was really that. Sweet. The initials. I really liked her puff um, sleeve top too. I just yes. I'm all about the puff sleeves these days. So <laughs> and it was it was a ribbed puff sleeve top, so it was very form fitting. It was really a lovely shirt, and it was by Ralph Lauren. Her hair has never looked better. Uh, she's been doing these like face framing blonde highlights and these like really voluminous bouncy curls that are just beautiful so I feel like she just is like this is like Kate Middleton's best hair days are in COVID it really is and I just I love when she does anything related to parenting I just think that she totally comes alive when she's doing something it's so close to the heart I love the necklace tie-in because it's just reflective of the event that she's participating in and the cause so yeah and I she also it. wore the necklace w- when we got new pictures of her and Louis last week. Now, these were paparazzi photos. Yeah, and- unofficial. So, and that's why they released the pictures formally so that we don't kind of look at these, but we did get a glimpse of. I, I couldn't not look, though. Louis. I couldn't yeah. not. And he's getting so big. His hair is so long. It's crazy. He looks he looks a lot like little George, um, but also more like Kate, I think. So yeah. it's, it's really interesting. And according to reports, I just thought this was really sweet, although we're not, or we're not supposed to look at these pictures yeah. <laughs> uh, they were they were in chi or chai i don't know if, how you say it magazine which is an italian uh paparazzi tabloid magazine but according to reports kate was stuck in traffic by battersea bridge and decided to continue on foot carrying prince louis in her arms and showing him the boats on the river thames i thought that was really yeah if that's if that's moment. true if that report is true that's a bold move it's like she's like i'm good i'll just walk i think that it makes her yeah. like totally <laughs> More chillness, you know? She's just down to earth. Definitely. Also, her toddler was probably wigging out in the car. She was probably in a moment of desperation if she got out. It's so sweet, though. <laughs> like, after they get out, he's, like, kissing her nose and cheeks and stuff and, like, so happy probably just to be alone with his mom, like, out in public. Like, how yeah. often does that happen for them, you know, without being recognized? I thought that was really sweet. And she's wearing a Massimo Duty skirt, uh, black and white skirt. It's really a cute pleated skirt. All right. Uh, next thing we have, the queen was removed as head of Barbados. Well, she's so, about to be uh, removed, right? So she, it's it hasn't right. gone they through yet. Yeah. They wanted to remove. Yeah. So the statement was, the time has come to fully leave our colonial past behind. That was from Governor General Sandra Mason. And she said that uh, in a speech written by Prime Minister Mia Motley, she announced Barbadians want a Barbadian head of state. This is the ultimate statement of confidence in who we are and what we are capable of achieving. So they want to remove the queen by November 2021, which is before the 55th anniversary of independence from Britain. Uh, There's speculation that Jamaica could be next. Barbados would join Trinidad, Tobago, Dominica, and Guyana in becoming a republic, but they would still be within the Commonwealth of Nations. They would just not be a Commonwealth realm. So Commonwealth realm is UK and 15 other countries, which are still headed by Queen Elizabeth II. The last time we saw this happen was 28 years ago when Mm -hmm. Mauritius dropped the queen as head of state. And I thought when I read it, Buckingham Palace was getting sassy with their response, saying that this idea has been publicly talked about many times. Uh, But I do think it's a big blow. Behind closed doors, they are kind of... You know, I I think probably shocked a little bit, maybe, mm-hmm. um, because also one of Barbados's nicknames is Little England, which I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, and I but I think on the heels of the Black Lives Matter movement and just kind of looking back to the roots of colonialism, I think that it. Yeah, I mean, so the last time this happened with a lot of countries leaving was in the seventies, and mm-hmm. it was the Black Power uh, movement. So I think that this is kind of becoming. Well, I think that what they're 
what happened back then was that one country left and then another and then another and then another. And I think that people are wondering if that's going to happen this time because of, you know, Barbados announcing this. So there also were reports of Barbados exiting in 2015, but then they kind of sent Harry there on his world yes, tour with Rihanna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was there with Rihanna in 2016. And then they were like all fine because that was the 50th anniversary yeah. of independence from Britain. So it's definitely major news if it happens and goes through, but it, yeah. I mean, it sounds like the plans are in place. So I just wonder if they'll like send royals there to like mend relationships yeah. and come back and be like no 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 we're fine um but i i do think a, a couple tour with the kids reports, yeah uh said that the queen obviously is pragmatic and she knows that you know yeah it this makes sense has, it's their heritage, but they've been talking yeah. about this for so long mm-hmm. that it kind of yeah it makes sense like you said yeah all right what a so week. before we <laughs> i know so much so before we adjourn the royal pod here are highs and lows it's time for the royal highs and lows. My low is there uh, this report from the mirror that the Cambridges skipped Harry's birthday call. Obviously, it's from the mirror. You know, take it with unnamed sources. Take it with a grain of salt. But they had that bagel making event on September fifteenth, Harry's birthday, and so it's assumed, I guess, that Harry, they missed the family Zoom call. My question though is, so if these events are all planned so so far in advance, like is that on purpose that Kate and William had an event on his birthday and couldn't make it? I don't know. I mean, maybe it was not planned far in advance. I always feel like it's hard with these like tabloid things, but yeah, I know. I mean, it's they should make if it's a family Zoom, you show up. No. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I think so, but also don't get mad at me. Mine's a low high because also William privately wished Harry a happy birthday, recording according to sources, and Archie made everyone laugh on the Zoom call when he tried to help his dad blow out the birthday candles on the cake Megan made for him, and he called Prince Charles Pa. So I thought that was. Aww. Really cute, if it's true, who knows, but (laughs) just insight into Harry's birthday and how that went down. So good. Yeah, no, well, Milo is also like a little bit of a low, but LOL. Uh, We know that the Queen and (laughs) Philip have been at Sandringham since last week, but the Queen is actually Windsor bound in October. But the the word on the street is that Philip is going to stay put. And so that means that the Queen and Philip might be apart for a bit. But I think what made me laugh is this line in Hello that said, over the last... Hello, the magazine. Over the last few months during COVID, the couple have spent more quality time together than they have done in several months. And I just thought that was funny because I'm like, is that could be is that code where they need some space? Because I get it. <laughs> They're like, we need to part ways for a bit. We just need to like That's have a routine. Because I, <laughs> I think that you know the Queen spends her, typically spends the majority of her time at Buckingham Palace, and Philip goes between Sandringham and Balmoral and Windsor. So I just think that it's funny that they have been together quite a bit in these times. So it's not really a low. It's an LOL. I think I just need a break from you. (laughs) Time with the corgis, yes. Yeah. Well, my high is a Princess Anne's monogrammed mask. I don't think you can get any more, you know, fashionable than this. So she wore a white mask with a navy blue A and a crown above it. I believe it's her royal cipher that's given to her by the queen or granted to her by the queen. Uh, It's... I mean, it is amazing, and I love that Anne wore this. She also wore it with blue gloves, navy blue gloves. Um, so she is, she's not messing around with COVID. No. And uh, I want a monogrammed face mask now, I think. I'm adding it to my wish list. The trends are starting. Cipher, the though. mask trends are uh, coming through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to make my own royal cipher, but you I did love it. Do. Very fashionable. Yeah. Oh, I thought she And wear a, mask. wear a yeah. mask. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was going to say I'm prefacing my high with another sort of PSA reminder for U.S. listeners, vote. This is the time to register, vote.gov. But the reason I'm 
combining that with my high is that Megan apparently joined Gloria Steinem to cold call voters, which I thought was awesome. It was apparently the first thing that they did together ahead of their makers chat, which we saw the video of, because Gloria recently did an interview for Access Hollywood, and she said that Megan came home to vote. The first thing we did and why she came to see me was we sat at the dining room table where I am right now in this video for Access Hollywood, and we cold called voters. She added that it was, hello, I'm Meg, and hello, I'm Gloria, and are you going to vote? And that was her initiative. And I was just like, gosh, can you imagine getting that cold call? If that doesn't. Hello, I'm Meg. If that doesn't get you online requesting whatever absentee ballot or however you're voting this year. Yeah. I had to double check it yesterday that I I have a. It's um, good to double check. Mail yeah. In, yeah. Mail-in ballot. And then Completely. I made Dave go sign up for a mail-in ballot. So yeah. we're all good. And yeah, I'm, we're doing I'm absentee, asking yeah. family members and friends, too, if they have checked yet or double checked or triple checked. Yeah, it's smart to check. You just never yeah. know, you know, if you've moved or anything like that. Um, but Gloria also described Meg. Meg, I love that she's calling her Meg as smart, authentic, funny and political. But politically neutral. She will never, I don't think, come out and say who she's voting for, although it's obviously but she alludes so to it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like also just the freedom to be able to talk about the political process over here, I think, is is a huge yeah. thing for her. And it's such a, you know, exciting time for us to be able to hear her speak on such important issues to all of us. Totally. So all right. Well, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts. And here's a recent review by Gertrude Seven. Very well researched, professional hosts with a love of all things royal. Such a fun weekly podcast. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Reminder to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group. You can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. We will see you next Thursday. And till next week. God, God save, the, save pod. the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.